there's no bad blood at the end of it. You know, we don't need any sort of uh, galactic civil wars kicking off. I'm sure there'll be a nice handshake and a hug at the end between the two coaches. And and no severed limbs. Let's let's hope for that outcome as well. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Nate and I are back to set up the 113th Yates Cup. It is the Western Mustangs on the road traveling to Kingston to take on the Queens Golden Gales. It is a 1 o'clock start, as you'd expect, but thankfully since this is the championship, it won't be competing with anything else on the airwaves. Uh, you know, we're going to kind of go over before we go into our picks and who we like coming out of this matchup to represent Ontario in the national semifinals and perhaps beyond. We'll kind of go through these teams and the different sort of units that have made them so special throughout the year and just to kind of sort of set the table for when we kind of get into it. Uh, Nate, I, I know I gave you a lot of space on the review podcast to kind of wax a little bit about why this is such a, uh, you know, this the romanticism of this matchup and and what makes this such an intriguing matchup sort of taking away the actual people who are on the field this time around but any anything else you want to kind of touch on that you know maybe we've touched on on that last one just to kind of remind the people why this is so special well i mean it's queens and it's western but it's also greg marshall against steve snyder it's obi-wan the the master the teacher against anakin uh, the Padawan, you know, we're full blown. We're on Mustafar. The lava's going everywhere, man. It's about to go down. So you're going to have two guys that, you know, sort of know each other in their schemes inside and out. So just something to keep in mind, you know, going into this one. We is on record. Nate Hobbs on record saying that Richardson Stadium is the Mustafar, is Planet Mustafar of OUA football stadiums. He's called it many things before. I think that's the first time we've heard that one. So he can do do with that with what you will. I bet it won't be as hot though uh, next Saturday when these two teams are are taking. I hope that I hope that you know. Oh, there's no bad blood at the end of it. You know, we don't need any sort of uh, galactic civil wars kicking off. I'm sure there'll be a nice handshake and a hug at the end between the two coaches. And and no severed limbs. Let's let's hope for that outcome as well. But, uh, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, the sort of pageantry of these two teams just historically is huge. But then, you know, the, that Greg Marshall coaching tree, it, it, the branches are all over the all over the OUA right now. And um you know, we're kind of joking. It, it might, it's kind of kind of be like the Spider-Man meme of both them pointing to each other. It's like, hey, you want to run the ball too? You want to just pound the rock and then maybe throw a little play action over the top? Hey, us too. Crazy. Um, so, you know, obviously these teams or these coaches know each other really intimately and these programs um, that much more so. So I guess we should probably – let's let's going through this, let's start with, with the passing game. And, of course, when we talk about the passing game, it starts all with the QB – matchup in this one is the first year or second year at western first year covid a covid first year we'll call it that mr evan hillock um you know you aka roy because i don't think any you can make a really a case for anyone else to be called the rookie of the year over evan for what he's done with this team playing in you know the 
a more challenging conference in the West when you look schedule by schedule. Of course, he has that stellar run game. He's got a stellar defense, but you know we saw a couple other first year or young quarterbacks playing in this league on good teams as well, and you know really no one can even come close to what he's been able to do this year. On the other hand, we got James Keenan, a guy who's been in that program, who's been under Snyder for a few years now, who had to battle against Ryan Lacandro going back to 2019 to win that starting spot. He is, you know, and once again, I say this lovingly sometimes, he he loves to scramble out. He loves to get in the mix. I'm sure all the Queens fans hold their breath a little bit when he goes into the pile sometimes, but that's part of what makes him so special is that he is fearless and also has a great stable of running backs, or in his case, running back in particular, that then allows him to hit the deep bombs as well, let you know like, hey, like I'm not just here to hand off the ball and then scramble around. He can hit you deep as well. I think there's a lot of neat similarities here, but I'm going to stop pretending like I really know what I'm talking about. I'm here with a former OUA quarterback. What do you make of this matchup here? This is like, I'm I'm so excited for this. What What do you make of this matchup? I think it's really fascinating and talking about the passing game because I think, yeah, I don't want to be kind of lame, but a lot of it does depend on defense. And I think there are sort of, you know, two, two schools of thought to how this is going to play out. And one of them is simply that, you know, at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal. I mean, really it's going to come down to the running game and who can set up play action. And, you know, these guys are just going to have to do their jobs and not kind of go above and beyond. Um, but at the same time, from a defensive perspective, you could kind of see, a, you know, a strategy forming from from either defensive coordinator saying, hey, you know what, both of these guys, they have their question marks, no question about it. Let's see. Let's make one of them beat us um, the whole year or uh, on the weekend. Right. So I think <laughs> all I have to say is, you know, it could really matter. It could it could maybe not at the end of the day. Um, you look at the sheer numbers. I mean, Western's kind of been the more more explosive in terms of yards and things like that. Um, but I think you've seen Queens at times, you know, they've had leads in most of these games. They've kind of had to grind it out. So maybe kind of, you know, you could excuse your way um, into the numbers at that point. Um, but another key thing to mention, obviously, is kind of you mentioned it already, is kind of the dual threat there. Uh, haven't really seen Hillock take off a whole lot. Keen, obviously, such a huge part of his game. And kind of if we kind of see a lot of zone and kind of what Western's done, you know, through their history, maybe that'll play a big role in the game. But, you know, I'm going to I'm going to let you uh, pick who you're going to give an edge to first before I give my two cents. Well, you know, obviously, you know, you mentioned how big a factor the defense plays in, of course, to what we expect from these quarterbacks. You know, like you said, whether it's a zone concept or whether they're looking to pressure them or just sit back and say, hey, let's let these QBs beat us and we'll just focus on shutting down the run, which no team's been able to do this year against these two squads. But that's what makes this matchup so damn tantalizing amongst all the other things. But of course, another factor is. Well, another factor is the wet, whatever the weather we're going to get is going to be. Um, but then, of course, who they're throwing to. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't take much uh, uh, you know, scrolling through the uh, top receiver performances of this year to see that Evan Hillock's uh, former high school, uh, you know, receiving mate, Savon Magnet Jones, is sitting pretty at number one in the league, uh, averaging 96 uh, yards a game. Uh, four TDs and of course he's uh, a big impact guy for them in the return game 
so and, and as we mentioned as well, you know, they still have Brett Ellerman. They have Nixon, who's been really solid when they've called upon him. Uh, Valvano, uh, going back to that Waterloo game as well, you know, you can't really forget about him. Um, so I think, you know, I'll give the edge to Western on this one just because while I do love the dual threat nature that West, or that uh, James Keenan presents, um, I just think the, the options that, that Hillock's going to have. So even if Queen says, you know, let's try and shut down Magne Jones or whatever, I mean, okay, great. You know, six foot six, number 14 Ellerman's still out there as a, a deadly target to be able to have him throw, uh, throw towards. And going to that dual nature component as well, we, we saw Western do a pretty good job of containing Trey Ford in that quarterfinal game. Just really saying, Hey, we're, you know, and, and they didn't always succeed in it, but you know, Trey Ford is Trey Ford, but in saying that, Hey, we're, if you're going to beat us, we're just going to let you beat us with your arm, which he did at times. But, you know, it's obviously much tougher when, you know, they can beat you one way or beat the other. So I'm going to give the advantage to Hillock in this one. Uh, I, I Who am I to judge the actual raw talent? But when you factor in all those other components, I, I think that the passing advantage goes to the Mustangs. Yeah, and I think something that we haven't necessarily mentioned yet is kind of Queens in the last game missing kind of a very key component of their passing game and Richard Burton. We did not see him last mm-hmm. week. He's been Keenan's favorite target. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorite targets for a season at Queens, you know, while I was still there. Um, obviously, we don't know what his status is going to be for the weekend, but I think that's going to kind of play a big role um, for the Gales. Um, but for me, I think while I look at kind of these two teams is, is who do I trust? And, you know, We've said many times, I think James Keenan has been pretty smart with the ball this year. He's not one to tuck it down. He's made the big plays when he's needed to. Um, you know, Hillock, no disrespect to him. He's still a first-year kid. That weighs heavy in my mind. Um, not to say that he won't come through, but it's just I don't think he's, you know, not to get in the defense, but I don't think he's seen sort of uh, kind of a, a the DBs kind of that Queens has to offer yet. So I think keeping that in mind, I think I just trust sort of the veteran presence of Keenan and kind of his experience a bit more. So from that angle, I'm going to give the edge to the Gales there. Well, I mean, I think that's a, that's a valid point. And of course, him being at home will probably factor in as well to his performance. And you mentioned Burton maybe being a question mark. I mean, he's got Sakia Cuemo out there who's had a really solid year. And we've also seen over the past few weeks them incorporating uh, Rashid Tucker into the passing game a little bit, not for big, uh, not for you know big attempts and completions, but at those at those moments where it's like, oh, you know what? I think I think if we run him out into the flats or put him on a wheel route, I, they might forget about him and we might be able to hit it big. And I think going back to their the Carlton game when he had, I think it was exactly a wheel route. They hit him for a touchdown. So uh, we've definitely seen, at the very least, we've seen him participate in the pass game more than I think we can say about any of the running backs for Western. So. Um, it, I think you make a great case um, all around. I, I think it's going to be uh, very interesting to see. But let's go to the one that. And I will say, yeah. I will say, I will not be surprised in the slightest if you know Evan Hillock came through and had a huge game. So just just well, to I make also, that point clear, yeah. Like I also won't be surprised if the outcome reflects kind of what we saw this past week, where you know none of the QBs in any of the game for any of the four teams really shined, and it was just kind of a product of like, hey. You know, we're getting into mid-November here in Ontario, right? Like, just don't turn the ball over. Make those plays when you need to. And uh, 
like when you have running games like these two teams have, it's like that's where you need to lean into it. Well, I mean, it's been November for one thing, but another thing that's kind of been the theme this year in the OUA, I mean. Very true. There's no one kind of creeping into that U Sports top five passing yards, um, you know, from the OUA. And that's kind of been a theme is kind of the quarterbacks have kind of taken a back seat. So, I mean, it would only make sense for us to expect that to continue. Which is, which is why the next matchup is, is is so interesting because it represents the two top candidates and I think our books I know other people are are still making the case to say that you know say Trey Ford should be the most valuable get award the most valuable valuable player in Ontario this year but we look at the running game and you know once again you don't have to do much scrolling when you go into the stats for the OUA to see that sitting pretty at the top there you got Keon Edwards number one Rashid Tucker number two um, you know, the, the numbers obviously do advantage Keon a little bit in, in terms of just comparing straight one to one, even though now that I'm looking at it, it looks like they may have included one of his playoff games into their stats and maybe not for time. So regardless, I think if you've been following along this year, it's safe to say that these two players have been very close to neck and neck at times. I think there was a moment where I think Keon did pull ahead sort of late in the season but I think there's a few interesting factors here. And you can kind of, you know, I, I think as far as offensive line play, I think both of these teams, and it probably is big, it, it is a big part of why they're here, probably the two best offensive line units in the province. I really like what Waterloo had as well, going for them as well. But, you know, on the one hand, it, it's 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 easy to perhaps poo-poo a little bit of what Queens did this year by saying, well, it was the East and whatever, and, you know, some of the teams they got to play. I mean, they still had to do a crossover game in Guelph, who, you know, say what you want about that offense, that defense is certainly very strong. Um, So being able to test that offense. And at the end of the day, they've still a team that went and continued to now be undefeated, of course, with their being in the Eighth Cup. On the other hand, with Keon, it's interesting where you talk about how he gets these numbers, but then they still have... Trey Humes, who had such a per- impressive a year, impressive a year. Edward Wanati, who at times when they put him in there, really showed out. And maybe that just goes back to the whole idea that this Western machine is kind of like, well, shoot. I mean, you could put, you know, you and me back there, and maybe we'll get a few yards and maybe a TD from time to time, right? Just with how well oiled it is. So it's it's interesting where, it, on the one hand, it's it both Edwards and Tucker had such great years, but you can kind of. You know, not that I'm a fan of besmirching anyone's performances, but you can kind of make a case for a little bit like, well, on the one hand, like, you know, we've seen all these running backs have success for Western. And on the other hand, with Tucker, you can say, well, aside from that Guelph game, uh, you know, who's really a good defense that you've had to go up against? So I, I, I'm I'm still kind of on the fence with this a little bit. I want to hand it to you, see where your mind's going with this matchup. Well, I, th- I think it's funny because it's sort of, you know, you're making kind of the argument for, you know, who's going to be the OUA MVP there. Um, you know, I think obviously you look at, like you said, the point for Weston is, yeah, the, Keon's done it, but we've also seen Trey Ford do it. Uh, Trey, uh, sorry. Humes, yeah. Yeah, Trey Humes do it. <laughs> and, we, and we've seen uh, – Edward, Can you imagine uh, if Trey Ford was the running back for the <laughs> running back for Western? That would be amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, but I mean, sort of. We've seen other guys do it, but for Queens, I mean, Tucker is kind of 
you know, more or less a one, a one man show there in their backfield. So, I mean, that has to count for something. His numbers aren't as good, but that has to count for something in terms of the totality of the running game. Um, as you said, with the O-line, I mean, there are studs on both sides. I can't really call it. If I'm being honest, I think they're both really good. So for me, it just comes down to the depth. I mean, Edwards, Tucker, whether you think you can call it or not, Queens does not have a, a, a Trey Humes um, behind Rasheed Tucker. And I think that really is kind of the difference. And that is what's going to, what I think gives kind of Western's running game the edge there. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. I mean, I guess the... And and you're right. I guess I was kind of leaning more into the case that could be made when we're you know when we end up going in to look at just who um, like as an individual performer who performed the best. Um, I mean, of course, like you have to kind of look at as well just the overall performances like by these defenses. And you know, and we talked about sort of how you know Western's offenses when you compare the offense between these two teams, it is a bit of a gap and the defense defenses. It is fairly close. I mean, it's a Queens defense that we were kind of joking about. It's, it's, it's remarkable to see. He's only giving up seven points a game this year. And once again, you can't, it's impossible to, 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 to say that. And then not immediately follow it up by like, well, who were the offenses they were playing? Um, like who really challenged them? And, uh, but I don't think that's entirely fair to say, um, Nonetheless, I think they will present a very strong challenge for Western and but then vice versa for Western on as far as what they will do in slowing down Tucker. But I think your case is the persuading one that when we look at the totality of that Western run game, whether you want to call the offensive lines a bit of a wash, pick them. Um, yeah, it's a three headed. Well, yeah, arguably a three headed monster they have back there. So it's a lot of pressure on Tucker. Having said that, if he does go out and outperform, you know, Edwards, all of them, you know, once again, whether we should be taking into account playoff performances in our awards, um, that'll obviously be a big piece on it. But I definitely think you made the good case, and I'm also leaning towards Western then in that regard. Um, so let's move over to the defensive side of the ball then. I mean, we we obviously talked about it a little bit in talking about the offenses because, of course, you have to and talking about who's going to have the better game on the day. But um, kind of throughout the number there about the the, the spectacular numbers for, for Queens as far as averaging – only seven or only giving up seven uh, touchdown, probably seven points a game. Um, and Western sitting very close behind at 11 points per game given up. Um, mentioned in the preview pod coming off last weekend, another just stellar, um, not matchup in terms of two guys going up against each other, but just as far as sort of this, the sort of the poetry and imagery of it all is on one hand, you got Deontay Knight rushing the ball for Western. Anthony Federico uh, on the other side for for Queens, and I think that's going to play a huge role into this as well. But what are the things that you're that are maybe making you look one way or the other with these two defenses? Uh, defense as a whole. Well, okay. So are we? So oh, well, do you want, we'll do it the same? Should we start? With, I'm, we want to start I'm, rusty. I'm good to go defense as a whole. Let's go defense as a whole. Let's not pretend like we know anything about defense. <laughs> wow, well, speak for yourself. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> but, save uh, me the tr- save me the embarrassment. I've had enough of it this year. On what's my picks this year? Uh, no, I think it's fascinating. I mean, looking at the numbers, uh, dead even in sacks. You know, yards per game very close. Um, points per game very close as well. Both quite low, um, but I think sort of. The difference for me in kind of looking at these defenses is kind of that that Queen secondary 
Um, you look at sort of the interceptions and it's, it's double for Queens. Queens has six to Western's 12. I think kind of the problem that they presented quarterbacks and granted, you know, it has been sort of lesser quarterbacks they've seen. They haven't seen a Dueck or a Trey Ford like Western has. So full disclosure, that might have a role to play in that. But I think even looking at Ottawa, who, I mean, I think we both would consider have good receivers. Uh, I think they shot them up pretty good, man. Like, Sort of, we talked about those deep shots that Ottawa wanted to take, and there's nothing doing, man. Like, a, really, the Queens DBs, and shout out to Coach Dandry out there doing a good job with those guys. Um, I think that's really kind of the difference for me. And um, looking at the defenses and looking at this game, I think it has the potential to pose a young quarterback a lot of problems like we've seen throughout games this year. And even, you know, uh, pose some problems for a veteran quarterback like Tanner Young, as we saw, only able to kind of scrounge up six points against that defense. And granted, it was the first game of the year, but you know, it's still sort of a point of data to look at, right? Um, but for me, like the rushing, the rush defense, like I can't call it, but for for in terms of the DBs and kind of the impact of turnovers on the game, I think I have to give the edge to to Queens. Yeah, well, I definitely like, uh, and, and you said the numbers aren't. Um staggeringly different but queen's ability to turn teams over um and of course get after the quarterback as, as we mentioned with you know a guy like federico and what and what he's doing um so, so on the one hand I, I do like that component of it uh, for western though i mean i just think of a guy like daniel valente jr at safety and the way he kind of you know not only just the uh the physicality that he brings but just the the veteran presence he has for that whole team a guy like Kojo Odum, who you know has been banged up a bit all year um, at corner for them there as well, um, and then like we said, a guy like Brandon Murphy at half and what he's been able to do. Guys like Zach Lindley, a lot of talented guys on that defense as well. But you know, I think, oof, it's yeah. If I'm gonna give an edge, I I I I do like what Queens has done all year. I mean, once again, you have to take into account who they've been playing and everything like that but you know you can only you only play who they put up against you every week so i mean if i'm gonna give an edge uh i i'll stick i'll go with you on that one as well i mean you know this like i said the queen's ability to turn the ball over and like i said if, if they can be if they can rush hillock make him uncomfortable um might be able to get themselves in some favorable position so i you know it's much like all of these that we're talking about it's not uh you know these aren't unanimous decisions these are you know very split decisions you know very tight outcomes um and, and you know, once again that's so what makes this matchup so interesting um i i think you know oh sorry did you want to well, just one last thing to mention, I think, yeah. as well, for the two teams is kind of obviously you have a Western team. Granted, there are some new faces, but uh, several players uh, on this team that have been through this um, exact scenario multiple times. Um, mm -hmm. Queens, obviously, you know, gaining some playoff experience. I know all these players have gained their first OUA playoff experience because yeah. when I was there, we didn't have it uh, that much. <laughs> no winning experience, at least. So in kind of a game of this magnitude and kind of getting ready for that, preparing for that, um, it's just something to mention. I think it's it's hard to hard to yeah, mislead that you, out. 
no, that, that's that's definitely true. Except Western doesn't have, and this just kind of speaks to the caliber of the program. They don't have experience playing Yates Cups on the road all that often, though. So whether that factors in on this one too, you know, they they will be out of the safe confines of uh, you know Western Alumni Stadium here. Just a quick nod as far as the special teams units go. I mean, Garrity at Libertor both had very strong years kicking the ball. I, I think that's a bit of a wash as far as that. But you know, we kind of I kind of mentioned this a little bit in talking about the Western passing game. I mean, there's no returner in this uh, game for Queens who's nearly as deadly as Savon Magne Jones. Um, so, as if he can help them get good field position, give Evan you know favorable situations to be in, um, that can be a huge one in, in this case. Um, and I, I know you mentioned with, with Burton being a bit of a question. Does it, am I am I right in thinking that he does a bit of returning for them as well? So that could be you know could hurt them a bit on both sides there if, if he's still a little nicked up. Yeah. Yeah. So. We have set the table, the dishes are out, the cutlery is there, the forks on the left, whatever, however that goes, I don't know, I'm a bit of a caveman when it comes to that, but now we're bringing out the main dish, Nate, serve up your take, who do you have taking home the 113th Yates Cup? Well, I mean, I think we did a really good job breaking it down. And I think kind of if you want to take anything away from that, it's that these teams are very, very evenly matched. Um, You know, so I think for me personally, I think back to kind of the Queens Western games over the years and, you know, maybe this matters, maybe it doesn't. But I know in my time, uh, we played them a lot closer at Richardson than we have on the road, um, almost upsetting them in 2018 in another close game in 2016 and kind of as I've mentioned before you know and kind of building the narrative here is sort of the previous guard at Queens did not you know we didn't have the steel or the metal to come through in those close games um I think we've seen time and time again that this Queens team does have that killer instinct um, making big plays when it counts the most coming up big over and over again in the biggest moments I think that defense against the young quarterback and kind of with the, you know, solid, solid and safe nature of that offense, I think the recipe is there for them to take this at home. I think that plays a big role into it. And uh, I'm going to go with the Gales. Well, how could you not, right? Let's be real. How could you not? And But you, 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 everything you said is absolutely true because um, – you know, obviously, uh, you know these teams have matched up a lot in all of those playoff matchups. It is in London, and uh, well, you know, in, in this one, what I'll be very interested to see is you, you mentioned that stat about however often Queens had been trailing in a game, like twice all year, and we've kind of seen Western stick with their recipe of you know we haven't seen them jump out on teams very much, at least in the playoffs so far. They've kind of been committing to that run. So I'll be interested. I I have a hunch. I want to see them on the road. I kind of feel like they're going to try and throw a haymaker early, you know, make their presence known and see if Queens can come back from behind. And as you mentioned as well, while with some different faces in there, and as I mentioned, this is, you know, a Yates Cup on the road for uh, Western, that they still have so many guys who have been there and done that. So I say all that to say that I will take Western on the road to take this one. And, uh, you know, I think however you are leaning in this game, uh, you're in for a hell of a matchup. At least let's uh, let's hope because, you know, obviously there's those factors as far as competition and who and all that throughout the year. But for 
you know, if you watch these teams play, just actually the guys out there on the field week after week, you know that there is talent on both sides. There's incredible coaching across the board, and uh, I- I'm super stoked for this one. Uh, Nate, any any last final thoughts before we before we get into it? Yeah, I think you know that point you mentioned uh, there is, is vital. Um, you know, and I think Western can kind of feel comfortable trying to throw that haymaker too because they have come from behind you know in at least the Laurier game this year obviously down um early last week to Waterloo uh or two weeks ago to Waterloo sorry so I think that's a really key point and kind of you know and and when you have two teams evenly matched as this I think you know it's going to come down to a couple plays and it's going to come down to turnovers so just a you know a couple points there but like you I can't wait to watch this one well, let's go, man. Well, like always, you know, make sure you're following us on social medias to stay up to date this weekend with what's going on with the game. Uh, you know, we appreciate the heck out of everyone who's tuned in with us, followed us along for this uh, this hell of a ride, this OUA season. And uh, like we said, I'll repeat myself again after get again and again. Uh, just think back to a year ago and whatever you think of this game, if your team's not in it or what have you, uh, we have the Eights Cup and that's all that matters and it should be a great game. So if you're at the game, enjoy it. If you're watching from home, thankfully you won't be having to compete with any other games. So enjoy it, and we will talk to you about everything that went down in the 113th Yates Cup later on this weekend at the 55.